Hey, good morning. Welcome to the 49ers Roundtable. I'm Grant Cohn, joined by Marco Martinez and Rohan Chakravarti. It is time to get over the Super Bowl loss. I guess some people have already gotten over it, but I've um, been really trying to hammer home some accountability on this team. But I think we've done it for two weeks. It's time to look ahead because the next year is upon us. The combine's coming up. Rohan's going to freaking be there. I said I'd go yeah, and then no. I'll pump oh. out. Next time I'll go with you. We can be friends. How you doing, Marco? I'm doing good. How you doing, Grant? I like your hat. Thank you. Appreciate it. I like your blazer. I appreciate it. You know, I wanted to dress Came out in style. Yeah. So, look, combine's next week. Give me the positional needs on the Niners. Like, which positions are the most important for fans and the front office to be zeroing in on in this underwear Olympics? Marco, you go first. You, I feel like you got something to say. Uh, they should definitely go get a head coach, defensive coordinator. Um, not in you all seriousness. I'm so cynical over the last few years. I love in, it. In all seriousness, um, the the main positional need is right tackle. Uh, the way the combine, everyone's there, like the draft should fall. Right tackle should be there. Offensive tackle, offensive lineman is deep in this class. I had back in November, I had nine first round draft grades on offensive linemen. It's still that that way for me. Um, so for me, I definitely wow. think offensive tackle um, is the key or a guard if they feel like a guard's better um, center um, with Jackson Powers there. Um, for me, I definitely think offensive line, you can't go to the Super Bowl, get your ass whooped because your offensive line sucks and then not expect to draft an offensive lineman. Like it's pretty bad when that's the key for the last few years. You lose because of your offensive line. Um, so definitely I think offensive line is high up there. Um, I think edge rusher opposite of Nick Bosa is up there as well. If you can't get home with the front four, that's a big issue. So I think – Offensive tackle and edge rusher is my second one. But if I had to give a third one, um, definitely would be probably corner. Um, but I'm not too worried on corner. I think you could replace a nickel and then just move Demo outside and have Amory Thomas not play. Like It's not that hard to not have Amory Thomas play. If you would have had Samuel Womack in the slot, just don't play him. Like It's not that hard. Like So I think that's it's an easier fix than, than everyone truly thinks, to be honest with you. Rohan. I think uh, what Marco said is pretty accurate. You know, you talk about this this class. The Niners, the last few seasons, they've had an excuse in the draft, not going for offensive linemen. You can say it's because they don't like to play them when they're younger. You know, they prefer more veteran options. Or whether it was they had a third-round pick last year, you don't want a third-round tackle starting. Like Marco said, there might be nine to ten offensive linemen in this class that are first-rounders, that have first-round grades. They're not all going to go in the first round, which means talent should be there at 31 that could potentially start on day one. And so I think – I'm not saying you go into it saying, I'm going to draft a tackle at 31. I think this is the best class for BPA in the Niners' sake. But there's – BPA very well could be one of the most premier positions in football at 31. Elsewhere, the one other position I want to add uh, to the list, you talk about edge rusher, you can talk about defensive line as a whole, maybe getting some more depth at defensive tackle if you can't bring other guys back. But I, I want to talk about receiver because, I mean, you're hearing Brandon Ayuk trade rumors. I don't know how much I'd buy them. But regardless, in 2025, one year from now, the Niners like to project, you're probably going to have to make a decision. And you might even lose your slot guy in Jawan Jennings. You need insurance there. The guys you've picked up before, haven't been that, you know, haven't been that impressive. I would look to target receivers as well within the first four rounds. I like that. I'm going to throw out some wild cards. You guys hit the, the big ones. I'm, I've been doing a little series for uh, SI.com, all 49ers, just like taking stock of each position. And I'll just go through each player, each position. And at the end, I'm ask myself, is there, are there, is there arrow trending up or down? I did the tight ends this morning. I felt like every single tight end on their team is stocked down. Every single one. Everyone. No offense to, to George Kittle because he's all pro, but I, you can't say he's getting better at this point in his career. And then every single other tight end on the on the team is replaceable. Sorry, Ross Dwelly. But they need a tight end. They've needed a tight end for years. I understand why they drafted Cam Latu, but I don't think he's the one. So they may need to take another stab at that position, kind of like when they took Trey Sermon and then took Ty Davis Price and then that didn't work out either. They should take a good tight end. Um, Sanders? And then, who? Jatavion Sanders out of Texas. That'd be a perfect, that 31, take him there and then go get off in the tackle or whatever you need, positional value, and at 60, what is it, 63 or whatever? I mean, especially if you're talking about, like, potentially cutting Kyle Juszczyk, which I'm not against. I mean, $7.5 million against the cap to do what? 
at this point. Catch the point, Kyle. Come on, Kyle, you should. Yeah, I'm sorry. I I just feel like it's a good player. He's 33. They don't use him much anymore. He's too expensive. Yeah, if they cut him, get another tight end. Another reason to get a tight end. Uh, Also, um, quarterback. Not not because of Brock, but because I feel like Brandon Allen, Sam Darnold, deuces. Good luck. But Brian Greasy and Steve Slowick have drafted one quarterback. It was Brock Purdy. I don't know if it was just them, but I'd like to see if they what they could do with the second shot. They seem like they know what they're looking for. Curious to see if they draft a quarterback this year. Although everyone's looking for the next Brock Purdy now, right? Didn't all of a sudden there, there was, was an article that came out on that. But if you talk about, about quarterback, talk about tight end. I think those two positions, it's intriguing because in free agency, they're starting to become a little premium in terms of backup quarterbacks, backup tight ends. You're paying six, seven million dollars. Draft might be the place, you know, you can they go get Jake Browning? Hey man, he's coming back with a vengeance. He's a baller. You're gonna say Marco? I said if you think about it, it's funny because the S2 score for Brock Purdy was elite. Like he was yeah. like everyone was like that's why the Niners kind of drafted him because of those scores. And yeah. then CJ Stroud comes out and it's like terrible, but he does great, like which is funny. So um it's gonna be definitely if you're following the metrics, I mean, if you're gonna take a quarterback, take someone with upside, man. Like, don't go and like, you know what, let's find a quarterback that we could possibly win. Go get upside. That's what I'm. That's what I'm here for. Upside. Well, with the Niners though, they're not going to be taking a quarterback in the top ten or the first three rounds. It'd be interesting to see if they take another guy at all or sign him after as an undrafted free agent. What trait would he be like? Another Brock Purdy type? It seems like you'd look for that, right? I mean, you started this trend. I don't know. Can he just be able to throw the ball in in, in the rain? That's the one thing about Brock Purdy that bugs me, man. Like, you can't throw the ball when it's a little bit wet. That's a problem in Northern California, but maybe we can get him some gloves or he can learn to throw with gloves. That's let's not, it's not bash Teddy on Brock Purdy. Huh? He's going to be like Teddy two gloves over there, man. It's Teddy not, not going to happen. Like don't, I, I honestly, if you truly can't grip the ball with, with your bare hands, it means you have too small of hands to play in the NFL at quarterback. And that's a big issue. Cause I think it's, if, if you, if you look at the teams that are going to be in the playoffs in the NFC for the long, for the long future, right? Most likely Green Bay is one of those. So you might be on the road going to Green Bay a lot of this, a lot of your time in the NFL if you're Brock Purdy. Can you play in that kind of Rohan? What's the weather like when during the playoffs out there? You're obviously in Wisconsin. It's freezing cold, right? Oh, like yeah. you can't grip oh, yeah. the ball there and you can't grip it now. Like it's an issue in my opinion, but I think he played great. I mean, you can't really say like he didn't play good. He really played great. But I think quarterback two is a definitely a big position unless Kyle decides to go with the Greatest quarterback to ever throw the football for the 49ers and re-sign Sam Darnold. I have a bonus topic. It just popped in my head. So Brock Purdy isn't eligible for an extension this year. He'll be eligible next year. At this point in his career, 27 starts in, two NFC Championship appearances and a Super Bowl appearances. Has he shown enough right now to be the Niners franchise quarterback to get that extension next year? Or does he have more to prove? That's a good topic. I mean, to me, here's how it is. Has Brock Purdy shown enough for me to be in the franchise quarterback realm? To me, that's the top top 12, 13 quarterbacks in the NFL. Yes. I initially had him around 10. I think he's around 10 to 12 for me, somewhere around there right now. But the point is, the goal is to win when you have a franchise quarterback. You're looking to get one. The unfortunate issue is it's so hard to find a franchise quarterback that once you find a guy who you believe can resemble that, you're essentially committed to it. That's why a lot of coaches get fired when it doesn't work out. And that's why a lot of these players get extended or see big money deals, even though teams, you know, Dak Prescott, for example, even though there's scrutiny outside of it, what other choices the franchise have? And I think the 49ers will be in a similar realm. One, they've struggled to develop the position. They had to get a guy who really came out of college pretty developed. And then obviously Brock Purdy has grown significantly since his collegiate days as well. But two, I mean, every other move that they've made at the quarterback position has not worked out. I mean, if you're talking about moves that they've made or even moves that they haven't made. So for me, has Brock Purdy shown enough? I think he's proven to be in the franchise realm. I don't know if he's in the elite realm, which is where you're really comfortable to pay quarterbacks, that top, what, five to seven quarterbacks in the NFL kind of realm. But to me, I don't know if the 49ers have a choice. I think ultimately when it comes down to it, they're going to have to dish out that contract. 
and the quarterback price continues to increase and increase, maybe $50 million, you know. I mean, I think the biggest thing you said, Grant, was franchise quarterback, right? When you when you say franchise quarterback, it's someone you're you're willing to pay the forty millions, the fifty millions dollars to be your guy. Now, when your roster becomes depleted with talent, obviously, when you lose guys, you're obviously going to lose George Kittle. You're going to lose um, guys like Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel. Eventually, can he be that guy to carry them? I don't think he can. I said from the beginning, I don't think the Niners going to Super Bowl with Brock Purdy. I think he's a very capable quarterback. Now, the issue is, is you can't consistently throw with anticipation. Sometimes you've got to put the ball on your receiver, especially in tighter windows and man coverage. If you look at what the Chiefs, the Ravens did, they went man coverage. They tried to force him to beat him with their his arm talent. Yeah. And you're going to have teams do that. The Browns did it as well. That's a good point. The more you anticipation have, is a zone thing, right? Like when it's man, you're picking out a matchup and you're trying to fit it in a little spot. Exactly. And, and that's yeah. an issue because when the anticipation is there, he looks phenomenal, right? He looks yeah. great. But then it also leads to interceptions when you throw with anticipation, but that means you and your receiver better 100% be on the same page. And that's why we saw a lot of interceptions where it was just like terrible throws because yeah. he's thrown with anticipation. But so for me, I don't think he is. And it's, I think he could show it this next year. Um, obviously, we just saw one year. So it's not, I'm not saying he can't show it. Um, he's definitely going to be in a situation where he's already built a great resume for being the seventh quarterback, seventh round quarterback the Niners drafted, mm. took him to the NFC uh, and a Super Bowl, NFC championship, played great in the second half. Um, so he's built a solid resume so far. But let's see what next year is when teams start going more man against him. How can he mm-hmm. respond to that? So I think it's definitely a can he build off of the strong year he had versus mm. me saying right now, I don't think he is right now. I agree. I think he has more to prove. I think, you know, he was so great this season. He bounced back after that three-game skid, but then he was just awful on Christmas night, and it felt like he never really fully bounced back after that game. And in the playoffs, that wasn't Brock Purdy. That wasn't the Brock Purdy I know. I mean, he wasn't bad in the playoffs. He battled. You know, he was, he was tough in the Super Bowl, but, like, that's not the MVP candidate Brock Purdy. His quarterback rating was like 80-something, 88, 89. That's not Brock Purdy. And I want to know what happened. Was it, you know, was it the... You weren't going against great defenses. You were in the Super Bowl, but in the other two games, you weren't. The rain was a problem. As Marco pointed out earlier, that's going to be an issue in the playoffs, most likely every year. Some weather. So, yeah, like, are you going to come back down to earth like Jalen Hurts did this year? Have people figured you out? Uh, Do you have... An aversion to precipitation. All these things we need to find out before we give you 55 to $60 million a year. Could be a big mistake. I don't think he's necessarily locked up the bag yet. I don't think he has. He may get it. But that's, also saying, that's also not saying like he can't prove it, right? Like We've only saw Correct. one year. So like I know when I see exactly. this, people are going to be like, oh, this dude's just a hater. Well, yeah, I'm seeing one year of, of it. But there's also... Through the one you're not year. betting against them. You're just saying wait and see. But it's also we, what we've seen in the one year. There's concerns, and if you're not looking at those concerns, we saw those concerns with Jimmy too. And we closed our eyes and said, hopefully he fixes them, and he sure as hell didn't, right? So we can't close our eyes to Brock and say hopefully he fixes what's concerning on the tape because it's there. So it's and he's I know he's his talent isn't the greatest, and he plays with IQ and anticipation. So I'm definitely looking forward to seeing if he could do that because he definitely has proven a lot of people wrong to this point yeah and it's like the Niners have built their team in such a way where they don't really spend on quarterback it's it's the whole structure of the team is to spend everywhere else so is Brock Purdy so good that they're gonna flip that structure and all of a sudden pour money into the quarterback position or do they want to keep things the way they are and feel like, you know what, we're just going to get someone else to play for $900,000 a year. Thank you very much, Brock Purdy. These are things he needs to prove next year that you're really worth $60 million. Speaking of next year, should the Niners go all in for one last dance with the same crew they've been running it back with, Revenge Tour 8.0? Or should they start looking to the future? Rohan, you start this one. I think this is a really good question. And ultimately, in my opinion, I don't think they have a choice. They've kind of put themselves in a position to where they really have one option. Go out and look at every single one of the top players for the 49ers. Trent Williams, Arik Armstead, George Kittle, the aging veterans that, exactly, that are getting up there in age. 
However, the 49ers set their system up understanding we really have 2023 and 2024 with Brock Purdy secured on his rookie deal worth $900,000. After that, 2025 is when he becomes extension eligible. The 49ers like to get deals done after the fourth year, you know, but there's going to be talk about extension next offseason. And so you want to make sure that you capitalize on this window. And if you look at the, all the contracts that the 49ers have, it is tough to move off of some of these deals. I understand people saying, you know, if you want to trade them or if you want to try and figure something out, but it's not helping you salary-wise to move off of guys like George Kittle or Arc Armstead or any of these guys this specific year. Next year, I think there's a ton of avenues that open up. I would not expect this team to look the same next year. But as for now, I think right now, the number one, at least financially, the number one alter, uh, the number one realistic path, in my opinion, is for the 49ers to go all in in 2024. Now, can that team win a Super Bowl? I'll get to you back in August because I boldly said at the beginning of this past season the Niners were not going to win a Super Bowl if this was the if this was the infrastructure that they were going to put out. A lot of people didn't like it then. A lot of people didn't like it okay. when I picked the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl. Unfortunately, that's exactly what happened. It's just the way that it was, and I I, I don't know if this core is going to be good enough to win. They're going to face some other situations because this year they were injury free really for the most part. Up and I, I know you had the Dre Greenlaw injury and things like that. Aging rosters usually result in more injuries. We've seen years go to bust. I personally think the Niners have the strongest core in the NFL, even with their aging roster. I think they have the strongest core. The signs, though, point to them going all in for this year, which to me means you're going to extend Brandon Ayuk to a deal. You're going to bring him back as your receiver one. And then you have a decision to make next offseason, whether or not you find it feasible to pay two receivers it's not possible, really. So you're probably going to move on from his counterpart, Debo Samuel, next offseason. That's what I'd say. I think Rohan said it perfectly. Like just the way that their cap numbers and everything works, you can't really trade and you can't really trade George Kittle. Um, Brandon Ayuk is stupid to trade because you saved 10 million this year on him. Debo, you you eat a big number. So for the way the Niners like they say, oh, we're we have a cap guru in uh, whatever his name is, who's supposed to make their contracts great. He's terrible at contracts. Let's be honest with it. When he when he has to sign big name players, he's terrible with contracts. I definitely think Niners, you got to go all in now because everything you've done for the last four years, when you get to the playoffs, you make it, you look like a great team, and you lose in the Super Bowl, you lose in the NFC Championship. It doesn't make sense to not go all in one last time with this core and give them the respect that they deserve and say, hey, who well, at least tried, right? Like, um, so for me, I definitely think they're gonna go all in. Um, it's not the smartest thing because that most likely run it they, back, run it back. It's not the Sorry. smartest thing though, because you have like guys like Juice, right, who are gonna be back for seven million when you could save six point five or whatever, six point something as the number, which should go to another position, a guy possibly a linebacker, a receiver. Oh, maybe you know the Niners have an offensive line problem. Maybe if we address that with that money. But instead, the sentimental value that they hold on their players, especially Kyle. Bringing the juice. Back, He's got a great and nickname. And the fans weapon. love him. Did you know he went to Harvard? I'm sorry. He's an offensive weapon. That's what I'm saying. Like, but Don't he, you many, dare call him a fullback. Ever. He's an offensive weapon. But the last time I checked, the amount of percent of time that he plays. Last year, he was on the field for 46% of Kyle's snaps on offense. That's That's an issue. Right. If you're getting paid seven million, you better be on the field more than 50 percent of the time. So for me, I definitely think um, they're going to go all in versus the future. It's not the right move, but it's also the only move they have because they can't cuff themselves to this cap situation, pushing all these players money back, Arik Armstead's money back and doing stuff like that. So Kittle. they're in a situation where they have to. And if they don't, they screw themselves. Yeah, it's it, for them to pivot right now and try to rebuild they'd have to take on so much dead cap right it would be almost pointless so also i think the way they look at it is their super bowl window is brock's rookie contract they can have this team this one more year and they probably 100%. thought they would have won a super bowl by now but this is it they can have this super team quote unquote for one more year and then after next year they have to decide can they keep the super team together and swap out the quarterback or do they commit to brock and build like a conventional team with a really, you know, expensive quarterback. That's what they got to decide. But for one more year, this is the team. I just, it's not good enough. 
I don't understand. It's not good enough. And or do we really have to learn that again next year? It's the best team in the NFC. Sure. Okay. Maybe probably, but they need to switch something up about their formula. The offensive line, they never invest enough in that spot. I don't know. Also the, the head coach, <laughs> the head coach, you can give him a 10 point lead in the Super Bowl. He's going to find a way to lose that game. So, well, I mean, are you, but the thing is, though, Grant, are they truly going to be all in? Like they have a defense coordinator that we don't even know who he is yet. Like, if you're all in, your defensive coordinator is going to be... It's Kyle. It's Fred Warner. Right? So if you have a Fred Warner. If you're all in, you go yeah. get a top defensive coordinator from the college yeah. ranks, or yeah. you make sure Mike Vrabel is the guy that's, that's yours, and you hire him, and don't let him leave your building. If right. you're all in, that's what you're doing. Right. They're not all in. Like the Eagles, who we don't even think anything of. They went and got Vic Fangio. They, they think they're all in, even though we don't think they're all in. But the Niners are... Messing around. Should we should we elevate Daniel Bullocks or Nick Sorensen? Which guy that we didn't trust last year are we gonna say we trust this year? Or are we gonna go get I mean, real quick, who do you guys think they're gonna get a D coordinator? Internal. I think it's gonna be one of the guys that yeah, I mean Bullock seems like the guy right now, but I, I think How it's gonna sell that. Hey, we didn't want him last year. We didn't think he was ready. We brought in Steve Wilkes, which everyone kind of realized was an awkward fit to begin with. That didn't work. Turns out Bullocks was ready all along. Here he is. Like, I don't know. And here's Marco, something I said Marco, earlier this week about, real quick, about the defensive coordinator spot. The 49ers had a plan prior to Steve Wilkes that, you know, you could see what they were trying to do. And this is the reason that a lot of people give Kyle Shanahan credit when it comes to his uh, coaching hires. They give him the benefit of the doubt because it's worked in years past. Robert Sala, obviously, mm -hmm. um, he got a head coaching job. Then we remember the first year of the D'Amico Ryan's experience. Those first few weeks, people, myself included, were questioning whether this would be the right fit because there were certain mistakes that Ryan's was making. But then you realize as he, you know, grew as a play caller over over the course of that season, he starts to become a much better defensive coordinator towards the end of the year. Year two, D'Amico Ryan's is the best defensive coordinator in football. He ends up growing. If you continue that internal trend, you kind of get away with that leeway period in the beginning of this past year with a guy like Bullock's. You're allowing him to grow as a play caller, and he's much more prepared in year two, which would be maximizing your Super Bowl window. That's the one gripe, if it ultimately becomes internal, that I have with the way the 49ers went through things. Because in 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 my opinion, 23 and 24 was the two-year window that they had to maximize their opportunity for this for this to win a Super Bowl. And I think not only does it count on the players, but also on the coaching staff. And I think they set back that development of whoever, if it's internal, whoever that defensive coordinator will be by one year by not promoting him last year and allowing him to kind of delve through his play calling, uh, you know, the ups and downs of the play calling experience on his own. Is it my turn to talk? Yeah. I think we got it. <laughs> Let's take some super chats. I think we got it. Corey Soto. No one is looking for the next Purdy. Still looking for the next Mahomes or as close as possible. Purdy fever dream among Niner fans. I disagree. Obviously, if you're in the top 10, you're looking for the next Mahomes for sure. But there's this whole dream now that like, hey, you know, I could just find a guy on day three who is six feet tall and has no arm strength. And he threw 1500 passes in college and he might be good. I mean, doesn't mean he'll might he'll be good, but I think that's the Brock Purdy market right now. I think Daniel Jeremiah just put out an article about it. It's obvious. Teams are afraid of the, the Trey Lance experience. Take a guy with no experience and you develop him. It's not a developmental league. Some teams can do it. I mean, the Packers did it with Jordan Love. Give them credit. They're good at developing quarterbacks. But every other freaking franchise sucks at it. So the idea of like ready-made quarterbacks who are cheap and available is appealing to a team that can't find a quarterback like the Niners for years. So... Corey. I mean, if you do it the right way, you could get the next Mahomes, but you got to play that guy year one. Yeah. We can't mess around all day, every day. Kim says that name is dangerous. Penix Jr. Penix Jr. Sorry, I said it wrong. That was on purpose. We know My that. bad. I tried. I don't say his name. I just sit call him by his first name. I saw a highlight reel of him on Twitter, like mirrored, so he looked right-handed. He looked so much better. Oh, yeah. I think people should watch that. You might have a different opinion about him if you just watch him play right-handed. He looks so much better. It's crazy. Daza0187 says, if you could draft Brock Purdy with the last pick, why can't you do it again? He's very good, but not worth 
50 plus million dollars. He still hasn't shown he can take over a game by himself like the top seven quarterbacks. The question is, do you trust them to develop him, draft and develop them? That's that's yeah, the yeah. question. I mean, I if mean, you're looking for a similar quarterback to Brock Purdy this year and you are going to move off of Brock after next year, Michael Pratt, Michael Pratt from Tulane, changed their Tulane, cha- changed their program, has good enough arm, talent, he's athletic enough. I, I mean, I'm just saying, if, you, if you're going after the Brock Purdy quarterback, I think that's why he's going to go a little bit higher in this draft class. He might go in the third, maybe even earlier, because people are trying to get the next Brock Purdy, and I think he's the closest thing to it in this draft. Just saying, if you find a quarterback in college who has enough experience to, to you for you to say he knows what he's doing, there's no learning curve. I don't know what his ceiling is. Put him on the Niners, he's gonna look good. End of story. He's going to look good because every play ends up with him completing a pass to McCaffrey or Debo or Ayer or Kittle. It's like, yeah, they should draft another quarterback. I agree. Steven Draper. Roster was not the issue. Arrogance in coaching without audacity. Arrogance in coaching without audacity is the issue. Without audacity? Arrogance without audacity? What does that mean? I like it, though. But yeah, I think there was some arrogance. Whoever gets to D.C. will get fired in one year. Yeah, man. They just set the precedent, right? Like, it went from 16.5 points a game to 17.5 points a game. You're fired. So if they give up 18.5 points per game next year, you got to fire them. Got to fire them. Sorry, Steve. All right, let's do some... Let's check out the BetUS lines for... uh, for free agency. Let's see if the Niners are implicated in any of these free agents according to Bet, Bet US. Okay. Mike Evans. The Niners are plus 3,000 to get Mike Evans. What? If they get rid of Brandon Ayuk, is that where they would turn? Do they even have the money for it? I mean, if you're going to pay somebody, just pay Ayuk. What's kind of scary is that the odds on favorite to get Mike Evans is the Chiefs. That would suck. Which makes sense. It does. He'd be so much better than Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Yeah. So if the Niners don't get him, he'll go to the Chiefs. Okay, look, who else? T. Higgins. And again, plus 3,000. And the odds on favorite is the, the Patriots. Why would you waste your time there? Or the Cowboys? Go to the Bills. What if the Bills get T. Higgins? That would be bad. That would be pretty cool. That but he likely, cool. they likely, but T. Higgins likely is more uh, to get franchise tagged than, than Mike Evans. Mike Evans' number for, for the franchise tag is outrageous versus T Higgins. It's kind of doable and then they could extend them. So I think T Higgins stays in Cincinnati. They got Austin Eckler going to the Ravens or the Eagles. I say Eagles. Who's going to be the Chargers running back? Who's Harbaugh going to get? Frank Gore Jr. Hey, (laughs) good call. Baker Mayfield to the Falcons or the Seahawks. You Baker to the Seahawks. I mean, they're going Gino and Baker. They're paying that's that's their two forty million dollar quarterbacks. Yikes, good point. Um Calvin Ridley, I don't really care. Derrick Henry to the Ravens plus two hundred. Wow. That would be a power move. Or the Cowboys. It's actually the Cowboys getting him. Or the Eagles. Yeah, he could fill that. That'd be interesting if Derrick Henry came to the NFC. I mean, it's a, I mean, if he's trying to run over people in the NFC, Cowboys is a smart choice. Like they have a good O line, good quarterback, yep. passing game. You're not going to see loaded boxes versus if you go to the Ravens, you might see a little bit more loaded boxes than you would in Dallas. How about this, Josh Jacobs to the Chargers? That would be a nice pickup for the for, for uh, Harbaugh. Hammer Barkley, Hammer Barkley. Uh, let me go to one more prop bet that you guys are like, Jimmy. Jimmy, next team by week one. Where's the Niners? Oh, that's not bad. A thousand plus one thousand. I mean, that's not, not bad. bad. You really think they'd do it? Oh my god. Wait, I see the bottom though. No team in 2024 no is plus 650. Can we bet on wow. that? Actually, I want to bet on that. What do you think is the best bet on this? For week probably one. no team. For week one. Probably no team. I mean, he, no he suspended, right? Minnesota. 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 That actually does make sense. They take a rookie Why? quarterback and they pick up a, a veteran who could help them out and try to develop them. But he's their backup quarterback. And if it worse comes to worse, he plays a few games. I think Minnesota and, and Pittsburgh make sense. Minnesota is so committed to mid quarterbacks. Although Kirk Cousins is better than mid. Where's Kirk going to go? I mean, he, he got matter. spots. 
He got no spots. Comment. No comment. I'm putting no team. He's he's got he's got the he's got the PD suspension. I don't think anyone wants Jimmy. I'm putting no team. I'm placing. I'm putting my money where I'm out. Jimmy, Jimmy Flacco. Uh, he he's gonna be the next Flacco. He'll come back midseason. You know, carry a team to the Super Bowl and then have a a nice playoff outing with a couple pick sixes. Okay, they're limiting me to a ten bucks because they know I'm right. That's cool though. I'm putting ten bucks on Jimmy to not be on a team week one. Placing it now, confirming the bet. Go to BetUS, sign up with the link in the description to get 125% sign-up bonus up to $2,500 on your first three deposits with code JOIN125. Boom. Boom. All right, I question for you, too. Who should the 49ers definitely re-sign? Go ahead, Ron. You talk about a couple of the guys the 49ers have. I mean, they they have, I think it's the numbers 20 total, 18 free agents that are unrestricted, two that are restricted. Um, but there's not really many marquee names. So it's a lot of depth pieces, you know, that you're looking to resign. I think if you're talking about the top of the board for me, um, if, if he doesn't price himself out, Javon Kinlock. But the issue is defensive tackles. Another, you know, that 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 spot is a premium. Some people pay four and a half, five million dollars for him. Don't know if the Niners are going to do that. He would be a guy, though. But I think some of the more, uh, you know, underrated guys, Cleveland Farrell. Uh, you saw what we was missing in run defense. I think he could be a solid run defender and a guy who plays maybe fifteen percent, twenty percent of the defensive snaps. You can get him for cheap elsewhere. I think you definitely look to get back Jawan Jennings. The question is. Because he's a restricted free agent, you have to place a tender on him. Are you going to pay him $4.6 million and place a second-round tender? Or are you only going to pay him $2.8 million? Because the difference is a team has to pay a second-round pick. If they want him, no one's going to do that. Whereas a team wouldn't have to pay anything. It's just the 49ers would get a chance to match. They probably don't match a big deal. And so I think he's the biggest question of how they're going to handle his free agency. They'll probably have to put feelers out and figure that out. I think those two guys, though, are um, probably or those three are probably near the top of my list. Honestly, though, for me, I'm totally fine with the, them kind of clearing house with some of these a lot of these depth pieces. You have a, a big draft coming up ahead. I think the 49ers realize they're going to need to go cheaper. The draft is the number one way to go cheaper. They have to hit on this draft, have to hit on this draft, especially after you look at their last two classes. 23 was all right, but not the best. You didn't have much capital, and 22 is looking really bad apart from that one Brock Purdy selection. And so I think you have to hit on this draft. Would not be uh, Would be totally fine if they kind of clear house with the majority of their free agents. So for me, I definitely there's only two people that I think you should bring back. And one of them is a longer shot because he's probably going to get paid more. And that's um, Chase Young. Now, when you look at people are like, oh, Chase Young sucks. Whatever. I don't care what people say, because if you look at the numbers and the stats, 15 percent, uh, 1 percent um, on pass rushing moves and stuff like that. That was a top 30 in the NFL. So for me, 66, 65 or 66 pressures was his career high, seven and a half sacks, career high. In the Super Bowl, he looked legit, looked like he was actually playing like himself. So for me, I think Chase Young is it. But with his big, bigger cap number and bigger contract that he'll probably command, I think the Niners let him walk and get a comp pick the following year. So the other guy is, is Jawan Jennings. After that, I don't truly see a player on the, the free agent list of the 49ers. And I'm like, you know what? Let's bring back. I'm, I'm fine with letting Ross Dwelly walk. I mean, I know he's Kyle Shanahan's favorite and, and Grant's favorite, but it's okay to let him walk. Um, is he fight. is he Kyle's favorite? They never play him. But it's, like, it's hard know, to like say why he's on the team the last few years. You know when you're like best buds with someone and you owe them a favor, like and no matter what, that's it's kind of like how I see it. So for besides yeah. that, I don't see. I truly don't like. All jokes aside, I don't see anyone on the free agent list from the 49ers. I'm like, hey, he needs to come back. Outside of like Chase Young, that I mean, I guess Sam Darnold, if he wants to be a backup quarterback next year at a at a much cheaper rate, um, I can see that. I know I've seen people throw out John Feliciano, but I, at the end of the day, I'm not going to bring back someone who talks shit about one of his teammates um, no. on a platform to discredit who he is. Besides, like realistically, there's no one free agent wise where like they must bring this guy back. It doesn't make sense to run it back while you're also bringing free agents who you need to let walk. Like it's time to get younger cheaper you have 11 draft picks keep them all on your team this year even if they don't play there's no spot for them to play anyways 
Why don't you start developing young talent? Jennings is interesting because it feels like from another team's perspective, he might be someone you might want to poach. He played so well in the Super Bowl. You might you might feel like, you know, that's a starting wide receiver in the NFL, and he just hasn't shown it. He doesn't have the, the numbers to back it up because he doesn't have the targets, but on our team, we could give him more opportunities. We could buy low. I wonder how, at what point the Niners would match or at what point they'd say, you know what, we'll take the second round pick. Now, that's where I brought up the tender because if they just do the right of refusal tender at $2.8 million, I have a feeling a team is going to be willing to pay because they don't have to give up anything. So I, I could see Juwan Jennings getting offers in the 7 to $10 million annually range. The, the deal that you saw Kendrick Bourne get, Jennings is a better player than Bourne was back then, mm. and he got $8 million a year when the market wasn't as high for receivers, which is why I would personally suggest if, if you really want to keep him, that second round tender might be the way you have to go. You pay an extra $1.8 million, but at least no one's going to give up a second round pick, in my opinion, for Jawan Jennings. So I think that's the best way for you to kind of lock him into your team. To me, he's more important to the team than Kyle Juszczyk, who's over here making almost $8 million a year. That's just me. I agree. And when you look at it, so like the way I think about it, if you save that money on juice, you put it towards Jennings, right? You could go a little more 11 personnel, which kind of makes your offense a little better, in my opinion, makes your passing attack better. I mean, I'm tired of seeing like the Niners offense is so explosive, but it also could be a lot more explosive. If you go away from juice being your what third receiver, a lot of times fourth receiver, mm -hmm. if that's Jennings, Jennings is a mismatch on anyone's slot corner on anyone in terms of the linebackers and stuff like that. So you really, truly could make your offense even more explosive. Get rid of Juice. Let Jennings be that guy. I know um, if you look at the Rams, they use Ben uh, Skoronic. They use him as a blocker. Jennings is a phenomenal blocker. Why not put your best players on the field? Keep Jennings. Resign Jennings at that second-round tender, 4.8. That's not, that's not too much. You let him be your third receiver. He's on the field at all times. I think it's time for Kyle to go a little bit more away from his true offense and start evolving as an offense. His offense has a great principle. Like it's super good when it's just Kyle's offense. But if you start adding other principles to the offense, geez, this offense could be insane. Absolutely. To me, Ayuk should be the number one option. He should be getting 150 to 180 targets a year. He won't, but that's what CD Lamb gets. And I think Ayuk's that good. Jennings could be a number two receiver. They need to dial it back with Debo. Straight up. Sorry. So, they got, I mean, like 11 targets for Debo. Never, ever, ever again. He doesn't do enough. He, he catches screens. So I'm going to ask you, Grant. So I had I asked uh, Rohan this question. I kind of threw him. So for the 49ers passing attack, right? You, the top players, in my opinion, and I want to see what, you're, what you think it is. And this is down the field. This is not in just regular passing game. Down the field. It should be Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, Jawan Jennings, and then Debo Samuel. Where would you put Debo Samuel down, like passing down the field in, in that category? What's his route tree? If it's man to man coverage, he's not getting open down the field. If it's zone, yeah, you might want to go to him. I mean, if it's wide open, but yeah, I mean, Jennings, Ayuk, and Kittle can all get open, make contested catches. That's not really Debo anymore, or if it ever was. I don't know. Making way too much money to be a screen specialist. I, I mean, that's the issue. And to me, while I don't know if I'll go as far as saying Debo is a worse player or receiver, a guy who should be in the progression compared to Jennings, I will say this. I think the 49ers need to focus in on exploiting their matchups. I know there's a lot of stuff, a lot of misdirection Kyle Shanahan likes to use, a lot of things he likes to use to free guys open, specifically in zone coverage. But at times, you really just got to go to your best guys. Brandon Ayuk is a one-on-one -on -one man beater. George Kittle will beat players in open coverage, you know. And so, to me, those are the two guys I think the offense should uh, should be focused around. I think Brandon Ayuk's got to get more volume. I think George Kittle's got to get more volume. That way, you make Debo Samuel more. It's not expendable, but you kind of create more opportunities around him, and then maximize his efficiency when he does get the ball. And maybe that changes the way you utilize him. Maybe it's you know. You have to find different ways to use him as a decoy because defenses won't fall for it as much. Or you put him as the third or fourth read in a progression where his acceleration, which is really his calling card when it comes to routes, can really go come into fruition. That's kind of how he can separate from, from guys. Because if he's the number one read, he's not fast enough 
nor is he slippery enough as a route runner to kind of consistently beat his defender. We saw that against elite coverage from Trent McDuffie in the playoffs. I think you want him as the backside so that you can see his acceleration come into fruition while also prioritizing guys like Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle. It's crazy. The Niners lost their first Super Bowl under Kyle because they didn't go to Debo enough and they lost their second one because they went to him way, way, way too much. Speaking of Kyle, is Kyle Shanahan too controlling over the roster and the defensive and the uh, the defense in general and who the defensive coordinator is going to be and what he does. I mean, he's kind of like the dictator of this. He's the emperor of Santa Clara. His dad was the emperor of Denver and then Washington. I would say, yeah. What do you think? I would I would say, yeah. And what, I, and what I mean by he's controlling over the roster, right? When you have a coach who falls in love with the player that he watches on film, after the season, right? The, you have mm. scouts and you have your executives doing the work throughout the entirety of the season. They're not just doing it after the season and trying to pin guys that they love. Kyle finds someone he loves and says, you know what? I need to take this guy in the second or the third round. That's that how means- I study the de- the draft. I start. I turn on the tape now and I develop crushes on players really quickly. But these people have, these scouts have known these players since they're freshmen. And, and, and you know what I'm saying? Like, anyway, sorry to cut you off. But yeah, Do I just want to say something I have in common with Kyle how we scout players you're good so like for for me i'm looking at i'm like you can't do that and that's where he becomes too controlling and that's where you have a lot of players to be misses cameron law too like the all the offense kyle has a lot of say in the draft people tend to think he doesn't he has a lot of say in what he's drafting for on offense danny gray Mm -hmm. so when you look at that like for me i think that's a huge concern because you're not like one you're not letting your your scouts and your executives do their job the right way um so for me i think real quick what was the danny gray story wasn't it kyle was in cabo and he ran into sunny dykes who's the coach at smu smu and he was like hey danny gray is really good and kyle's like word and sunny gray was sunny dykes was like word and he drafted danny gray isn't that the story he got a tip at a buffet from sunny dykes i'm just saying i think that's the story that's crazy that is so it's like exactly right. Like you, you fall in love with a player just because someone tells you he's good. You end up drafting him, and then when you during free agency off season, your team doesn't really offense really doesn't get much better because you already drafted good players. You don't evolve as an offense. You don't add any new little tricks and and stuff like that. You like to tell your defense coordinator you cannot do this on defense. You can't do this. This is what you're gonna run. You hire a defense coordinator and tell him, hey, you know what, Steve Wilkes, you've never ran this defense, but you got to run this wide nine, cover three zone scheme. Uh, That's Fred Warner. He'll tell you. He'll tell you how to do it. Ask Nick Bosa. He'll got you. He got you. Oh, you like to coach in the box? Guess what? Come down here. Guess what? I want to see you. And I, I want to tell you, no, you can't run cover zero Yeah. When, when you're trying to run cover zero. All right? So for Point. me, I think it's too controlling. Like, you can't really look at him, and then we give him all the credit when they're succeeding and when they're doing great. But then when the Niners start losing or when they're, they're not playing well, Hold on. everyone back points up for a fingers. Second. What you said was great. The way the Niners presented the move of Steve Wilkes was like, oh, it's a communication thing. We just wanted to be able to communicate with the players. You're saying this was a a Kyle control thing. Like, no, I need to be able to look you in the eye and tell you no when you call something I don't want. I mean, that does make sense. He did do that a few times, including the Super Bowl. Yeah, I think I I personally think it was more so Kyle wanting to look at him down the line with his headset. You know how Kyle does down the headset and say, the fuck are you doing? Like truly, and excuse my language, but that's literally how I see Kyle later than like, like I want to make eye to eye contact instead of looking up to the booth where I can't see you. Right. Where right. we can make eye contact and like, hey, get your get your stuff together. Your yeah. defense is being terrible right now. My offense is great, even though I can't score more than twenty points in the Super Bowl. It's your fault. That's how I. That's how controlling I think he is. And to be honest, like it's, for example, you're so such a great offensive mind that you think you don't need to invest in the offensive line because you could scheme around it. He said that. He said that personally when he said. We're fine with Colton McKivitz because you can scheme around stuff like that. Well, obviously you can't. That's Oof. controlling. Oof. So the question to me is, why is Kyle so controlling? How controlling is he? I don't think I don't think people realize how he has his hand in literally everything in the organization. I think his dad was the same way in Denver. I mean, we've heard that he's he's like in an he's in an office like Scarface. I mean, not just like Scarface, but kind of like Scarface with a lot of TVs and he can tap into every meeting and not just listen, but like talk, be like, nah, it's like this. That's incredibly controlling. And the Niners like it because they have to. They work for him. But um, man, 
But why is like he them? like this? And is it a good thing? It doesn't seem like Andy Reid is like this. That was an interesting story. I mean, when you hear, you know, the surveillance thing, that was intriguing. I, I do think, you know, it, it, I mean, it brings a completely different realm because you just don't think that that's something that goes on in the locker room. Sure, it's a way to hold them accountable and things like that. I do think Shanahan is controlling. I will say this, and I'm curious to hear what you think, Grant. Um, but on the defensive coordinator spot, I personally don't think Kyle Shanahan wants to be as controlling as he was this past year. I think that's his ultimate goal. I think with Robert Sala and D'Amico Ryans, especially as they progressed as defensive coordinators, there was a balance where he allowed them to kind of go into their range. When you wanted to call one of those exotic blitzes where it's kind of like a, a boomer bust type of play, he let them do that. You you see different times, and you you know uh, they were accountable, the defensive coordinators, for their mistakes. But I think also there was a a level of trust there that really never brewed with Steve Wilkes, just given the disconnect between him and Shanahan's philosophies and him and the players with the way that they wanted to run their uh, you know their heralded scheme. So I think the goal for Kyle Shanahan will be: I want a defensive coordinator who I can trust and who can really you know do what I want to do. But I'm not gonna hold I'm not gonna hold them back. Unfortunately, right now, and this is something when you talk about the defensive coordinator talk is usually what you need for those guys are experienced guys who are proven who, who can lead or who can have some 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 sort of energy. If you're hiring some from someone from internally, there's nobody in that room right now with real play calling experience as a defensive coordinator. I think that there are a lot of intriguing candidates, but there's nobody with play calling experience. Now, I don't think that that's as important. I don't because the, the last two coordinators never had play calling experience either. But in a year where it's extremely crucial that you hit on this defensive coordinator hire, because in my opinion, this window is really like what this core is really just this next upcoming season puts increased amount of pressure. And you wonder, is there going to be more involvement from Shanahan on the defensive side, knowing how crucial this upcoming year is? Is it my turn to talk again? I keep forgetting. Go yeah, for he's it. too controlling. Yeah, Marco did go first. I don't understand why he's like this. I mean, it seems like he's you're in year eight. You should be delegating. You should have, you should be doing less at this point. You should be much more of a head coach than you were early on. And we understood when you came over, like, hey, I'm just gonna sort of stay in my comfort zone and call the plays and be an OC and sort of have Robert Sala who takes care of that side of the team. And we'll work it out. But now it's like year eight. Why can't you be more like Andy Reid? He's the gold standard. He's not super anal and controlling like you are. At least it doesn't seem like it. Seems like he empowers his players and he beats you in the Super Bowl. So why don't you try to be a little bit? Why don't I mean that's my thing with Kyle? Is, it, is this a character flaw or is he going to grow out of this or is this just who he is? I, I, it might be who his dad was. I mean, and what's crazy about his dad in Denver, he had that success early. He didn't lose a Super Bowl like Kyle. He went to the Super Bowl, won him. And then got more and more power in that organization. And a lot of people say Mike, the GM, got Mike, the head coach, fired. He was one of the original guys who wanted the, to buy the groceries if he was going to prepare the dinner, that kind of stuff. He got all the power in Denver, and it wasn't great. Kyle's always had all the power in the Niners. And when people say, hey, you know, maybe he's the next Andy Reid, well, maybe that's true. Maybe he needs to leave and go to an organization where he doesn't have ultimate power and he has to work within a structure of a front office that's accomplish something maybe won a super bowl maybe that'd be the best thing for kyle i don't know because on this team with jed york running the running the, the show it's always going to be kyle running the show you could argue he's always going to have too much power here how are you going to take it away when you've given it to him day one and that's the issue he was given this power day one right like you obviously this is something when you grow up in, in a football family you're the head coach his son you get an offense coordinator job a lot earlier than most you 29 29 um him and his dad were he was letting his son mike was letting kyle draft players in washington he hand selected trent right so mm -hmm. he, this power starts building up on you it starts becoming an ego thing in my opinion and i think i truly think kyle needs to look at himself in the mirror right now and say hey look you know what i need to hire an offense coordinator hire a defense coordinator i trust let me have someone where i don't have to be in all the meeting rooms i could trust my coaches because you're never going to get veteran coaches who want to come coach with you if you're a big brother constantly watching. Like, True. Good point. Good point. No wonder you have all these position coaches who are pretty young because, man, you are right over their shoulder. I got a bonus question before we get out of here. We knew this was coming. My boy, my I mean, look, 
it didn't go so well for Mac Jones and the Patriots. And it looks like they might get rid of him. And I don't know. There were a lot of reports that the Niners liked him or something. And Kyle liked him. You get him. He seems like he's available. What do you think? Mac Jones to the 49ers for nothing. What is he worth at this point? Fourth round pick? I mean, yeah. I mean, what I think the Niners would pay him around $2.7 million to be the backup. Um, good processing. Seems to be a good teammate. Um, the 49ers him well, you know, back in 2021. You know, I'll, I'll say this. Maybe Coachable. I wouldn't hate it. Maybe I wouldn't hate it. Backup quarterback. Personally, the reason is it would throw the backup quarterback discourse out of the window because, I mean, I think 49er fans get too infatuated when it comes to backup quarterbacks and the nece- just the necessity to have a backup quarterback. When you're talking about the word quarterback, add the word I mean, yeah, the backup. It's the backup. I mean, yeah. it, just just for example, we paid Sam Darnold, I think, nearly $6 million this year. I don't know if there were any fans. I know national media might have said it, but I don't know if there were any fans that would have been confident if you threw Sam Darnold out there and told him, can you win a key game for us? Nobody wanted to see Sam Darnold out there. At this point, backup quarterback, all it is is a guy who can – you know, embody whoever your starter is and help him progress as you're progressing behind the scenes as well. That's the way that I look at a, uh, you know, conversation like backup quarterback. So for two and a half mil, what the hell, if it's worth what it'll probably be like seventh round pick swaps or something. I don't know if Mac Jones is worth anything anymore, but uh, for one year, what the hell go ahead. Remember when people really, 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 really liked Mac Jones, thought he's going to be great. What do you think? Are they going to get Mac Jones? The next reclamation project. It was Sam Darnold. McCorkle. So if, if you're going Mac Jones, who could potentially, potentially he could beat out Brock. Like, true, if we're being honest, like, they, very, very fast process. I set you up for that one. I set you up for that one. I knew you were going to say that. But, Thank you. But when you look at it, fast processor, right? Everything that people love about Brock, Mac Jones proved his rookie year. He got screwed by having a special teams coach and a defensive coordinator be his offensive coordinator year two, which ruined Had a whole career. lot of talent in, in New England he, on he, offense. He, he was ruined. Who's his best receiver? Kendrick Bourne? Devontae Parker. Like, like, come on. I'm just so saying. He, like, he has he has the processing ability that people like with, with Brock. Brock. But I'm gonna go a next step. If we're gonna matter, if we're gonna trade for Mac Jones, it kind of tells me that Kyle did really like Mac Jones in that draft. And he don't think so. Mac, but then he they like someone up there was like, Hey, you can't do it, PR stunt. Niner fan base is going to flip on you. If that was to happen, might as well go get Kirk Cousins. If you truly want to get someone you loved, go get Kirk Cousins. Like, if <laughs> like if this, to be honest, like this kind of writes the narrative of, hey, Kyle truly did love Mac Jones in that draft class where he took Trey Lance because the fan base and he kind of maybe the, the emotions of the fan base kind of got him in a certain situation. So if that's the case, if you truly loved Mac, we know how much you love Kirk Cousins, Kyle. Go get him. If that's what you really want to do, get someone you love and you trust. Hey, Kirk Cousins has been someone. Remember how he cried when the Niners traded for Jimmy Garoppolo because he said, my plan was to get Kirk Cousins and pair myself with Kirk Cousins for my coaching career. Just go get Kirk. He's a free agent. If that's the case. He's a free agent? Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm all, I'm on board to make Mac. Grant's Mac mind is swirling right now. He's like, oh boy, oh boy. Grant, at least you got something to talk about at the owners' meetings. Well, the thing with with Kirk, like he, you got to give him the fully guaranteed contract, right? Coming off an Achilles injury, would he take anything less than a fully guaranteed contract at this point? Or is he? Made I might take money? lower lower regular money, but okay. I mean, he he could. I think he'd get a good. He's good. Of money, I always though. thought he was mid, but then he tore. He just diced the Niners up this year, and I was I was impressed. He's always been good, good and if you think about yeah. it, like him, imagine him with Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, like a good defense. I'm, and I'm here's just, the thing, and though he's he's never been super mobile and elusive, and now he's going to be less. But he does have a great arm, and he'd he'd get the most out of Ayuk for sure. And I'm just saying, like, if we're going to go trade for Mac because Kyle loved him in that draft class, right? Like that's kind of what it would kind of hint at, in my opinion. Just go get the person you truly love, and then that's that's Captain Kirk. Go, go, feels great. Like 
when you go and you like that. Like, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. What do you think the odds are that the Niners signed Kirk Cousins this offseason? Probably like 5%, if I'm being honest. Okay. I think I I like that you took the discussion there, but I do think there's a higher probability that they would make a trade for Mac Jones because it's kind of like bringing in Sam Darnold. You're buying low for a guy that you maybe had a high grade on. So I think there's a possibility here. I think the Niners have shown they like taking shots on reclamation projects. This would be sort of in the Sam Darnold vein. Guy who was thought highly of, drafted high, and it's like, oh, we could get a top 10 pick or a top 15 pick for nothing. Me, a backup quarterback. Fifth round pick for Mac Jones? What what are you thinking? Like, in terms of capital, like, fifth round pick, it's not bad. For 2.6 million, he's a backup quarterback who I wouldn't even, I wouldn't be mad at that. I wouldn't be mad at that. Because your option is draft a quarterback in round five, you may find the next Brock Purdy or trade a fifth round pick for a guy who went in the first round who you like. You don't act like you didn't have a first round grade on Mac Jones, Kyle. Don't act like you didn't. You said you liked him a lot. So he he's right there. Quarterbacks. Yeah, you said it. You liked him. I wouldn't be surprised. Or Grant, you sign Kirk Cousins. You trade Brock Purdy for a high first round pick. You get a, a, a great offensive tackle. Now you have two first-round picks. Now you kind of have a, a deeper roster. See, now you're getting and freaky, just, and I like it. And like, I'm just like, if we're gonna go, if we're gonna go all in, might as well go yeah. all in, right? Like, I feel like that's that's what you truly want to do. You want to go all in on this year? Can we back up for a second? Can we back up for a second? You casually said trade Brock Purdy for a high first-round pick, and I was like, what do you think Brock Purdy be worth for in a trade? I don't know. I really, I truly, I truly don't know what he would be worth in a Who's trade. Who's worth more in a trade, Brock Purdy or Brandon Ayuk? Brandon Ayuk. Ooh, I, I, I disagree. Quarterback, quarterback on the quarterback. cheapest contract. It's the most. Yeah. It's the best contract in football. I think he goes for multiple a, ones, multiple mid round ones. But you're also I taking a big one. risk. You're, you're taking a big risk because you don't have Kyle Shanahan, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey coming. With it's them. an interesting question. You're taking a risk. It's an, uh, it's an interesting question. I they think they both it? go for at least one. I think they both go for one first round pick, and maybe Brock gets a little bit more in terms of like second or third rounder. Um and obviously Brandon Ayuk would get more. But if you look at the the last couple of receivers traded, it was usually I think Devontae Adams went for a first and a second. So uh-huh. you're most likely Ayuk's going for a first and second at minimum. Well you heard it here first guys nine is trading Brock and Ayuk. No, oh Sorry. no. Daza says, I think not drafting Worfs will come back to haunt the Niners. He would have sol- he would have solidified the right side of the offensive line, and they could have slid him the left tackle when Trent retires. Yeah, that would have made that Buckner trade worth it. Second worst draft mistake that they've made. That's the thing. If you're going to trade a cornerstone, a great player like Buckner, you really can't just be committed to spending that pick on his position. Got to make sure you're taking a franchise cornerstone at any position because that's what you're trading. Boxing fan, Kyle Scheme always has a defender unblocked. Fix it. I'm going to tell him. Corey Soto, prop bet. Where does Lance go? Stay as QB2 for Dallas or traded to Minnesota Atlanta pit? Great question. Great question. I think he stays. I think he stays. He's their backup. I'd like him to stay. He doesn't need to be on three teams in three years. That's kind of like the end of your career. What do you think? Marco. Cat went up 30 million. I oh, was at the news today. Yeah. But isn't that it, it like went a, up like, crazy? Niners Dazza. still only have a million, but work it out. Is it worth trading Debo and taking the cap hit? Forcing him the ball takes targets away from Brandon Ayuk and Kittle. His production is hardly elite. Yeah, the case for trading Debo now frees up targets for other people. Um probably his trade value is only going to go down from here. You don't free up much cap space. No, I don't do it. You can't. I would do it. You would. Well, I, I, I would do why. it because his tra- because I want. What, what would he get in a trade right in a? What would you get from right now? Second, second probably. The issue yeah, is you're eating like twenty six million dollars though, or like not. It's some a crazy amount that you're eating this year. I think it's not twenty six, twenty one million dollars. I believe that you're eating in dead cap this year for a second round pick. That's where I think you well, would you get from next year. I think uh, mm-hmm. you probably get a like you might downgrade one one round. You might get a third, second or a third for him. I don't know. I don't know. I'm scared. He's he's aging quick. 
Tony Nagatani says Kyle needs to use Danny Gray the way McDaniel uses the running back. Hey, chain you put Danny Gray running back? I don't think so, Tony. See what happens. 22 points in 75 minutes. Oh, man. Well put. That's all you really need to say. 20 bucks just to say 22 points in 75 minutes. It's worth it. 20 sure. points for $20. I, I respect that. Elite. It doesn't get much more elite than that. Well, look, you heard it here, guys. Mac Jones and the Niners. Look for it next week. Kyle, if you hadn't thought about it, I just put it in your head. And now you can't stop thinking about it. You love it. Marco, Rohan, great stuff today. Really enjoyed the show. Hope you guys enjoy your weekend. Hey, thanks for having us on, man. For sure. See As you guys. always.